Welcome to the Gingsberg Podcast. After today's message, take a sec and download the Gingsberg app. It's the best way to find out about and engage with what's happening at Gingsberg. We hope the following message helps you activate your faith and take the next step with your journey with Jesus. Good morning, church. I'm Pastor Dennis. I want to welcome you here this morning. Today's the second. Sunday of Advent, the third in our teaching series, The Characters of Christmas. Today we're looking at a classic, Charles Dickens' classic tale, The Christmas Carol. In movie form, we find it in over 16 movies and TV broadcasts, but all based on the book. The main character of The Christmas Carol is mean, old, miserly Scrooge, who walks right by people in need and says what? Say it together, bah humbug. That's right. Now, what you may not know is that Charles Dickens was a follower of Jesus. He knew the New Testament. And I have a hunch, just a hunch, that the Christmas carol was influenced by one of the parables of Jesus that Charles Dickens knew. Jesus had a mean old Scrooge in one of his parables. It's found in Luke chapter 16, verses 19 to 31. And as you're turning there, if you have your phones or if you're online and you wanna look that up or you have your Bible, go there. Just remember, of the four gospel writers, it was Luke who all throughout his book focused on the poor. So here we have this parable. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. And at his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried in Hades where he was in torment. He looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place so that those who want to go from here to to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Let me just pause right here. Verse 30. Now, isn't that what happened in the Christmas carol? A man comes back from the dead, Jacob Marley, to warn Scrooge of his impending doom that was before him unless he changed. But look at what we find in this scripture. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. 
No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to them, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. And that is the New Testament story from Dr. Luke for us today. And so in Luke's parable, we find this rich guy. He's a nameless, faceless rich guy. We don't know his name like Charles Dickens gives a name. All we know about him is that he's a man dressed in purple and fine linen. Now that's important to know because purple was the color of royalty and fine linen was worth more its weight in gold in the first century. And so we get this kind of view of showy wealth, perhaps his jacuzzi runneth over, so to speak. We have a lifestyle here that seems to be perfect. Only one thing marred his perfect existence. He had a homeless guy camping out at the end of his driveway. <laughs> and he wouldn't go away. Now think about the place that you live. How would you feel if you had a homeless person living on your front yard? And this guy had some disease, maybe an incurable disease. He didn't even have the decency to cover it up. The Bible says something very grotesque here. Did you catch it? That even the dogs came and licked his wounds. And so I want you to get this picture. Here we have a man without food, without friends, without health care, living right beside a man who has probably too much food, too many friends, and not a care in the world. In the story of the Christmas Carol, we see Ebenezer Scrooge seems to have no guilt. The beggar that's living at the end of his driveway was not an individual, but it was an entire family. The Bob Cratchit family. A family of five living in a small uh, four-bedroom house. And they're living on $9 a week in which Scrooge is their employer. The youngest Cratchit is who? The star of the show, Tiny Tim. You guys need to watch one of those 16 movies. <laughs> Oliver already said his favorite. I remember that one as well uh, that he was talking about. I think that was 1984, so that dates us, Oliver, with uh, George C. Scott. But you guys can Google that and check that one, that one out. But Tiny Tim, and he has braces on his legs, right? He's got a um, tree branch for a crutch and he's desperately in need of medical treatment, right? And the family cannot afford it because of their situation. And so we see this person that our hearts just are very tender towards here. Here's what I want you to get. Dickens plays a huge characterization trick on Ebenezer Scrooge by giving him the name Ebenezer. The word Ebenezer literally means stone of help or God has been my help. You see it? You see, sometimes we want to think that we're a self-made man or a self-made woman. 
Billy Graham has once said, the most dangerous person in the world is a self-made man because they worship their own God themselves. But the truth of the matter is that none of us, if we really think about it, are self-made men or women because we are standing on the shoulders of others. Someone cared for us when we couldn't care for ourselves. Some teacher invested in us. Someone as a child pulled us aside, gave us perhaps a strong work ethic, perhaps presented opportunities or scholarships along the way or believed in us enough to give us a start or give us a job. And the fact of the matter is, and I know this as I'm getting a little bit older here, that God is, is the one who gives us the ability to even get out of bed. God is the one who gives us the ability to, to, uh, to breathe another day. All of us are benefactors of another. And certainly Scrooge shows that even though he has things, he's not totally happy. We see that all around. We are one of the most wealthiest cultures of all times, and yet, are we happy? We see all kinds of um, destruction mentally and physically all around us, even in the midst of our affluence. What's the missing piece to bring joy? It's got to be a life beyond ourselves, a life that's invested in others. If we give our lives away, Jesus said, we're going to gain life, right? It's service with the poor. See, we want to be happy. We need to give our lives away, and then we gain life. You see, the fact of the matter is that we need the poor as much as the poor need us. And Ebenezer Scrooge at first doesn't know that joy. He's not not guilty about it. He's not losing any sleep until this one night in the story. And many of you know this story well. (laughs) He's visited by spirits. The ghost of Christmas past the ghost of Christmas present, and the ghost of Christmas future. But none are as most haunting as his old partner, Jacob Marley, who's wrapped in chains, coming back, moaning, groaning from the dead, warning Ebenezer of a life of regret. Now, Jesus, in the parable, talks about a man who dies, and also goes to a place of regret. You're thinking, oh, Lord, help us. Pastor Dennis, you're not talking about that place, are you? <laughs> I uh, remember seeing a photo on Facebook a while back. It was a funny. It was a, of a church sign. They were advertising their current sermon series. And they put this pastor's sermon for the next Sunday what is hell like was the name of the sermon. What is hell like? And, but underneath they were advertising. It said, come this Sunday and listen to our choir sing. <laughs> now, now, when we think of uh, our worship team, we think of heaven. Amen? Amen. <laughs> we think of heaven, right? But I would like to assure us, I've not addressed this um, for, for a long time here at this church. So, I mean, I like to assure everyone there's, there's no place of regret that any of us have to worry about. But the fact of the matter is that Jesus talked more about hell than he did about heaven. And in this story, we see it's actually Hades, which was their understanding of the place of the, of the dead. We see this great gulf that's fixed between, but 
for the man in the story, it was a place of loneliness. It was a place of regret. It was a place of worry. And it was a place of torment for him. Now, when I read this, I'm a little bit intimidated by it because I think what kind of terrible crime did this guy commit to put him in this place? He didn't kill anybody. He, he didn't physically harm anyone. We tend to see it was what he did not do, what he let go by. And then I think about my own life, how much different than I really am from this dude here in this story. So what would God say to Ebenezer Scrooge, or at least even to us? I think he would say this, listen, this is the heart of the message. To much that is given, much will be required. To whom much is given, much will be required. There's a truth in a cartoon that I'm familiar with where a guy is questioning whether God exists. And so he, in the first little box, God, if you're up there, really speak. And so the guy just asks a question, what do you want me to do with my life? And to his surprise, he got an answer. Feed the poor. Take care of the poor. Feed the hungry. So the guy says, just testing to make sure you're there. And God said, same here. Just testing. Just testing. You see, we're saved, meaning made right with God from our sin. We're saved by grace through faith. It is not of ourselves. We can't work our way to God. It's by a free gift that all, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever, that means me, that means you, shall not perish. It's a free gift. For by grace you've been saved through faith. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9. It is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works. So nobody can boast. That's true. But a sign that we, our hearts have been made right with God overflows into great generosity to others. We're saved to serve. That's why here the theme of Gingsburg, if you're new, is checking it out, is we love Jesus, but we actually do something about it. The, the talk is okay. The cheerleading on Sunday morning and the hallelujahs and the dancing's okay. But there comes a time when we even get up out of, off of our knees and we go out and we begin to serve towards others. So is there a need? One of the things I'm grateful about this year is that we decided through a lot of prayer that we were going to come home and keep our focus this year with all the world's needs. And this church has certainly touched the world. We're going to come home for Christmas. We're going to come home and we're going to keep our focus this Christmas on the needs of Miami County and Montgomery County through our, first of all, our three 501c3s by reinvesting this Christmas in New Path, in New Creation Counseling Center, in Clubhouse Tutoring After School here in Miami County, and also by helping to build a house for foster children in Miami, in Montgomery County. 
That's our CMO. But we have to ask the question once in a while, well, is there really a need amongst all this affluence? Well, yes. And we want you to hear from one of our servant leaders, Kay, you've already seen her this morning on the stage, as uh, she has been put in a place where she hears a lot about that need, and I wanted you to hear from her today. Hi, my name is Kay Altenberger, and I serve at the reception desk at Ginghamsburg. When I'm not answering the phone, I uh, perform tasks that various staff members may have for me, which can run the gamut from addressing birthday cards for the kids' ministry to stuffing Easter eggs for the Easter egg hunt. Usually I come in and um, I, I log in actually to my iPad um, and I bring up the screen for uh, Ginghamsburg and New Path. What has struck me when I do take the phone calls is the amount of need in the community that people have and um, that they think to call Ginghamsburg to help fill in the gap when they have that need. So I've gotten calls from people who are ready to be discharged from the hospital. They're in their hospital room and they need medical supplies so they can go home. I've gotten calls from folks who have children and um, I, I can hear the children in the background and they have no running water. So they're looking to fill that gap and you know where are the funds that so that I might be able to pay my water bill and get the water turned back on. Um, sometimes when people call, the, the question is framed in such a way where I'm not sure what exactly they're asking or I'm not sure um, that the need that they have is really the question that they're asking. And so sometimes it takes a little bit of digging to pull that, you know, what's going on? What do you need to, to get them to the most appropriate place? Probably 80 to 90%, if not even higher, are calls that go to New Path. I was shocked. I knew being coming to Gainsburg for as many years as I've, I've, I've been here. I knew that that was a large part of our church, but I guess until you answer the phone and you hear all of the need out there, it, it, really, it really hit home. Another kind of call that I also receive are donors, people who want to donate things. The reason they have donations is maybe a family member has passed and they have their things and they wanna make sure that they're put to good use. It's people with needs both wanting to give and those who need services. I feel good that I'm able to play a role between there, there is a need here and there are services over here. Now, how can we meet the need over here with these services? So I feel like I play that kind of connector role in the middle um, to make the most of the services that we have to offer. Let's give some love to Kay and to Susie and Judy their work, a new path that we're a part of today. So I want you to think about the Christmas carol. Think about the end, if you know this classic tale. So at the end, he survives the night, right? Old Scrooge survives the night. And he wakes up and he's just overjoyed. He's, he's alive, right? And so what does he do is he's dancing. He's got new life. He, he goes over to the window and he looks out on the London street and he's so excited. People are going here and there and there's a little boy that's walking down the road and he says to this lad, he, he, says, he says, young man, what, what, what day is it? And he, the, man, the little boy goes, it's Christmas day, sir. And Scrooge says, it's Christmas day and I haven't missed it. 
Friends, the words of Ebenezer Scrooge belong to us this Christmas. Amen? It's Christmas Day, and I haven't missed it. There's still hope for us. There's still time for us. We still got a chance, friends. It's Christmas time, and we have an opportunity to love and to serve our neighbors and our friends. God came as a poor child in Bethlehem. It's a poor child who is the star of the Christmas carol, Tiny Tim, who leads old Scrooge to a greater understanding of what life is all about. That the end of the story, even Scrooge joins into the chorus by saying, God bless us, everyone. A poor boy with a crutch in London, a poor boy in a manger in Bethlehem. May a holy child lead us to a new understanding of Christmas that we can know that God so loved the world that he sent his only son to teach us to say, God bless us, everyone. Let's pray. Heads bowed all over the room. Lord, we thank you for the transforming power of the gospel. We also pray that you would help us not to hide from the world and be insulated by our wealth. Allow us to see the side of life that you came to know when you were born in that manger in Bethlehem. Transform us this day as you did old Scrooge from a taker to a giver. And we pray that each homeless family that we see in Dayton, that we see in Troy, that we see in Tip City, that we see around the world, may be transformed in our eyes into a picture of Mary and Joseph and each little baby abandoned and alone might become for us the Christ child himself. For this is what we pray in the name of Jesus. And if you agree, would you say amen? Amen. I hope you enjoyed today's message. I've got two invitations for you before you go. First, subscribe to our podcast so it shows up in your feed every week. And if today's message inspired you and you would like more people to hear it, you can give a financial gift through the Gingosburg app or online at gingosburg.org.